I want to share some word with you, and today we're also going to be taking uh, communion together. Amen? But uh, I want to share some word uh, about faith, about faith. If you can, go with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. I think this, this fan is creating a whirlwind in here. It's fine. Hallelujah. In Jeremiah chapter 1, thank you, Lord Jesus. Beginning in verse 4, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you, in the womb I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, or I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, and to plant and to build. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Say, God is ready, God is ready. to perform, perform. His, word. His word. I want to just talk to you about a life of faith. A life of faith. You know, faith, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's kind of like the definition of faith. The evidence of things hoped for, the, 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 the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. In other words, if I can see it, I don't need to use my faith. But if I can't see it, I need to use my faith. And then the scripture says this, we walk by faith and not by sight. Now think about that. We walk by faith and not by sight. If I can see it, I don't need to use my faith. But if I can't see it, I need to use my faith. So God is asking me to close my eyes and walk. Right? He's asking me to follow his word. So he speaks into our life and he says, go. And then us hearing his word, we have to choose to believe his word and obey his word. And so we go even though we don't know what's going to happen. We go just because he told us to go. He tells us to do. And we're thinking, why are we doing this thing? I don't know why I'm doing this thing, but I'm just going to do it. Because his word came to me and gave me direction. And so I am using my faith that even though I might not understand, I'm going to trust him that if I will do what he told me to do, that he's going to accomplish something through it. 
And here Jeremiah was a youth, and God is speaking to him and saying, look, as you were a youth, I called you. Before you were even in the womb of your mother, I formed you. I called you. I chose you. And Jeremiah had every excuse to say, but I can't speak. I'm just young. I'm not able to. He had every excuse to say, how can you use me to stand before nations and to, to build up and to pull down? How can you use me to establish and, and, to, and, to, and to remove? How can you use me that way? God said, it's not even about you. I formed you. I created you. And, and you might look at your mouth. You might look at your youth. You might look at all the things that say you're not qualified for that, but it's okay. I, I, you're not the one that qualifies you. I'm qualifying you, so I'm going to put my word in your mouth. He says, I'm going to put in you what you need to be to stand before others and do what I, I told you to do. So he's just looking for somebody to say, okay, God, here I am. Use me. I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go where you want I know we have ministers in the house. How many of y'all, men and women of God, how many of y'all ever felt qualified to do anything for God? I mean, most people that knew me before I was pastor, they still come to church because I'm a walking sign and a wonder. I mean, I, I, I literally, I mean, I was here from the first day, never left. But I was always working in the back and preaching, forget it. I would come into church every now and then, and they would hand me a visitor card. <laughs> but faith is, is, is a life. You live, you walk, you do everything by faith, and if it's not faith, it's sin. Because anything you do outside of faith, it's going to be operating in fear. It's going to be operating according to your desires and not his desires. There's a reason why Jesus, one of his titles, his descriptions, is Lord. That means he is our Lord. We don't tell him what we are going to do. He tells us what we are going to do. Actually, he tells us what he's going to do through us. That's really the way it is. I mean, everything that we have and everything that we give and everything that we do, he does it. You might say, well, I'm talented here. I'm gifted here. Yeah, but he made you that way. He gave you anointing. I mean, if it was you, you'd be, you'd be shaking in your boots. And you might still be shaking in your boots, but you end up doing it anyway because the Lord doesn't change his mind. You know? That's the thing about the Lord. He doesn't, he's not, he, he, he will not change his mind. Once he's shaped and molded and created you for something, he's not going to say, well, you know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was, it was for someone else. No, 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 you're the one. Whether you know it or not, you're the one. You're the one he chose. You're the one he called. You're the one he's equipping. I remember this one woman, she, she came to me, and, and we were talking in the, in, in the back part uh, uh, in the, when we had the fellowship hall, and, and she said, Pastor Kevin, would it be awesome if we had a woman, like, if we had Joyce Myers that came down and preached to us and brought healing to the women? And I looked at her and said, why don't you be that woman? Amen. And she just began to cry and cry. 
Because it's really easy to get for us to look at other people, what God is doing in their life, and say, oh, God can use them. But won't you look in the mirror and remind yourself what God has said over your life and say, God, you can use me. So don't disqualify yourself from the things of God and being used by God. Qualify yourself. If you're saved, check. If you got the Holy Spirit, check. That's all you need. You need the Holy Ghost. You need salvation. And God will give you the rest. Every, he gave you that much. He gave you his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins. He's giving you his spirit, the greater one, the same spirit that's in him. He's put it in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So he's giving you the spirit. He's giving you salvation. What more do you want? He's giving you his word. The Bible said, if God didn't spare his only son, how much more will he freely give you all things? So instead of saying, God can't use me, you should be saying, yeah, Lord, use me. I'm ready. And as you do, watch how God will begin to open up doors and show you more things. You know, the only thing keeping you back from being used greatly for God is hunger and desire. If you say, here I am, use me, Lord, and you just stay faithful and committed to do everything God tells you to do, you're going to find yourself doing great and mighty things. The Bible says uh, many are called, but few are chosen. Amen? This world needs anointed men and women of God to rise up. And, and, and this world needs anointed businesses, needs anointed teachers, anointed plumbers. In every sphere of society, this world needs anointed men and women of God to rise up. And guess what? You're it. Tag your neighbor and say, you're it. There used to, there's, a, there's a thing that, that my father started in the church. There was this one person that came up to my father and said, he said, Pastor, it would be beautiful if we had like, a, like a, a, a singles ministry. That where, you know, people who are single can come and gather and they get to know each other and, and, and the things of God. And my father looked at him and said, good, when are you going to start? <laughs> If you came to my father with an idea of a ministry, he would say, awesome, you're anointed, go for it. Because anything I start, I have to keep it up. And I'm busy. So if there's a new ministry that needs to rise up, it ain't gonna be, it's not going to rise up for Pastor Kevin. It's going to rise up from you. Amen. Tag your other neighbor and say, you're it. But, but it has to start with faith, where you believe that God can do it through you, that God wants to use you. You believe God's word that if he does it for one, he'll do it for another. If he can anoint Pastor Kevin, he can anoint you. If he's giving you salvation, he's put a spirit in you and upon you, why can't you begin to believe God, that God could use you in every kind of miracle, every kind of, of, of type of ministry? Why can't you just believe God, that God can use you too? Amen. I, when, I was, when I was thirsty for the Holy Ghost, and I wanted the Spirit of God to use me, and, you know, I saw God move through every minister, 
every kind of man of God, because we had everybody that came preached over here, every kind of, of powerful evangelist, prophet, teacher, you know, so I was the TV guy, so I got to not just watch it in service, but I got to see it over and over and over. I saw how great men and women of God would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. I saw them cast out devils. I saw them prophesy. I saw them minister the word of God and preach under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I saw all that. But I knew I didn't have it. But when I got hungry for God and God put his anointing upon me, not only did he put his anointing and fill me with his spirit, and I got baptized with the Holy Ghost, but everything that I saw, I began to believe I can. I began to believe when Jesus said, greater things you will do because I go to the Father. I began to believe I'm going to do the greater things. Amen? Because I wasn't looking at myself. I knew the greater one was with me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in me. So I began to say, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I started reaching out to God. You know, God starts speaking in my heart. You know, I want to use you. I want to use you. We were in a men's uh, meeting, and there was a man that showed up. And uh, my brother Clark was, was, was preaching. Was going to minister that night. And, he, and the man just came back from the doctors and he said, Kevin, would your brother pray for me? I just came back from the doctors. The doctor says that I have to quit my construction business because uh, the workload is, is affecting my back. My back is being deteriorated. And they said if I continue in this work, I would become crippled. And I can't stop working. So can your brother pray for me for a miracle? And I, I, I looked at him and I was getting ready to say, yeah. I'm sure my brother would pray for you. But before I opened my mouth, the Holy Spirit said, you pray for him. It's one of those, those things where you're getting ready to say something and you stop. And before you say it, you start having a conversation with God. The silent conversation. You want me to pray for him? Yeah, you pray for him. You meant Clark. No, you. I'm Kevin. I know. So I told God, I said, okay, God. I believe I heard you. I believe you want me to pray for this man to receive a miracle. But if I'm going to do it, you're going to get all the glory for his miracle. And you're going to get all the blame. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big. So the room was full of men, and I, it was, you know, maybe about 10 minutes before service. And I shouted out loud, everyone, look at me. This man got a bad report from the doctor, but my Jesus can heal him today. Watch this miracle. I, I, in my mind, I saw myself dressed from head to toe in white, wearing one of those professional television evangelist suits. In my mind, there was a choir, you know, singing, you know, hallelujah. 
This is all in my mind. I'm just making this up in my mind. But I am acting. I said, God, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this big. I'm going to act like I'm like, like, like a big minister that's on TV that you see all these. Healing. I'm going to act like that. So I said, this man shall be healed. <laughs> I'm doing all the reflections of voices. I said, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this big. And I'm thinking in my, in my heart, I'm like, Kevin, what are you doing? <laughs> I, said, I, I said, let's go big or go home. So I remember how my father would minister to people, and I, I said, sit down in that chair. And I lifted up his legs, and he had one leg that was, that was shorter than the other, about two or three inches. He was wearing really good boots, so you could really see the, the, the fine. And everybody's gathered around. They're all looking. They're seeing that, you know. Now, now this, is not, this is not Carlos. This is Kevin. This is not Clark. This is Kevin. And so I'm holding his feet. And I looked at the man and said, keep your eyes open. Don't use your faith. I'm going to use mine. I'm doing everything that I saw my father minister. I'm doing the same thing. I'm just playing, playing the part. I am just acting. In my heart, I'm thinking, oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. God deliver me. I'm, I'm thinking, and everybody's, everybody's, everybody's gathered around. I said, everyone, keep your eyes open. Watch this. You don't use your faith. I'm going to use mine. God's going to give us a miracle. So his right leg was shorter. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command the right leg to come out. I said it sternly. And you know what happened? The leg began to grow out. Everybody's eyes got really big. My eyes got really big. I mean, I'm... I'm like, oh, Jesus, hallelujah. And that leg began to grow out, grow out, grow out. And I'm like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And, and it got even, but then it kept going. And it kept going. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, no, I broke him. <laughs> but then I remember, sometimes that would happen with dad. And, and I said, okay, I said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Go pray again, use wisdom in the name of Jesus. I command the left leg to come out to the same size as the right one. And so the left leg began to grow, 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 and they got even. And I, I put the feet down. I said, stand up. Check your back. The Lord has healed you. The man stood up. His back was completely healed. This happened. This happened about 15 years ago, and he's still in construction today. That's our God, amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. But you have to remember, God is watching over his word. And his word says the believer will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So he's looking to see who's going to believe and lay hands on them so that he could confirm the word. He's watching so he could perform the word. Whatever you need, whatever you believe in God, if you have a word for it, God's watching over that word to perform that word. But it's going to take you living a life of faith. I just believe because God said it. I'm trusting him. I'm believing in his word. His word is true. Let every man be a liar and God be true. We believe his word. Amen. Hallelujah. And as you begin to walk with God, God's going to start speaking to you. You have the written word and then you have the prophetic word. Where God begins to speak to your heart. It might be that still small voice. And what I love about the Lord is the Lord will not just leave you hanging and questioning if, if, if it's really God. 
God will speak to your heart, but then he'll confirm his word. He'll put a word inside of you, and you start meditating on it, and then God will rise up men and women of God that hear the voice of the Lord, and they'll begin to prophesy over your life. Even if he needs to get a donkey to prophesy over you, he'll get a donkey to prophesy over you. Amen? And so he will, he will prophesy over your life so that you could believe it. That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. So when God tells you about something, don't keep your mouth shut. Start to speak it out. Let me say that again. When God tells you about something, don't keep your mouth shut. You have to speak it out. Why? Because when you speak it out, your ears are hearing it. It's becoming established in your heart. Your faith begins to rise up where it might be where you're thinking, man, I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. But the more that you speak God's word, the more you declare God's word, you, it's going to go from I don't know to it will happen in Jesus' name. It will happen in Jesus' name. That's why I tell you all the time, you got to talk a mean game. You got to be someone willing to prophesy and speak the word of God in your situation. No matter what is going on, you have to begin to speak life even though everything around you looks like death. Amen. Because our God is faithful. We saw our, our, the testimony of my brother and his wife over here. They were getting ready to get divorced, had divorce papers. But my brother stood in faith, trust in the word of the Lord, and God restored their marriage. Look at them. They tore out the papers. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. God bless you guys. And, and you know, the wonderful thing about it is your marriage not only will be restored, it's not be, just been restored, but God established some faith in your life, and God's going to establish faith in your life. And what God did for you, God's going to use you to encourage others to do to, to, to walk the same, same steps and to see healing in their marriages as well. Get ready. I believe it's a ministry coming to both of you guys in Jesus' name. They're going to be your helpers. They're going to be your helpers. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does that speak to your heart? Does that speak to your heart, that word I just spoke right there? Does that speak to your heart? And see, that's the prophetic word. See, I'm just saying something that God's already been stirring. I'm just saying something that God's already been stirring. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's the walk of faith. You just, I believe. I'm going to speak it out. Even if others don't believe it, I, I don't need other people to believe it. I just need, I need to be the one that believes it. I need to be the one that's holding on to God's word in spite of what I see. Amen. One morning, I, you know, I'd been pastoring the church and, you know, I never traveled anywhere. I didn't have a lot of relationships in ministry and Never went anywhere to do anything. And I, I, I used to say, you know, I'm a good preacher. Why does anybody want me to go preach at their church? I used to think that. You know, uh, I mean, I, I, we got some fruits. We got some good things happening here. People are being blessed and healed. But nobody wants to, I mean, they won't even invite me for a meeting. They have pastor's meeting. They're like, don't, don't invite that guy. And, and the, one day the Lord woke me up and he said, Go. And I'm thinking, where? <laughs> but as I was waking up, I heard his audible voice, go. I opened up my, my phone, and there was an invitation for me to go preach in the jungles of India. I wanted to hit delete so quickly. 
I'm like, God, couldn't it be Hawaii? <laughs> but it was an invitation to go to, to India, and I'm thinking, first place I ever go to preach, jungles of India. I started looking, I, I read the name and I couldn't say it. It was so long. It had all the alphabets in one name. <laughs> a city called, just to fly there, you flow into a city called Vishikaputnam. And so I looked at it, and for two, three weeks, I just didn't answer it. I just left it there. God didn't change his mind. He said, Go. He didn't say, do you want to go? He said, go. I knew I heard from God. When you hear God's audible voice, you know. I, woke, I was asleep. I heard, go. I woke up. Did what everybody does, check their email. And there it was. So I messaged the guy, asked him a couple of questions. He told me where we're at. We're in the middle of the jungle in uh, in where 99% of the people are Hindu, in his village, there was 30 Christians. And he invited me to go. But here's the thing. I couldn't tell him no. Because I already said, Jesus, you are my Lord. My job was to obey his word. And to walk by faith and not by sight. And so, I told the man, I'm, com I'm coming. We arranged everything. You know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be in the jungles. I'm from San Benito, Texas. There ain't no jungles around here. What do jungle people wear? <laughs> I knew it was going to be hot. I knew I was going to need special shoes. Nikes would not do it. I knew I was going to need, like, you know, clothing for jungles. You know, I, the first thing I was thinking, mosquitoes. I need to take care of mosquitoes. I'm sure jungle mosquitoes are totally different than San Benito mosquitoes. And I started thinking their food is totally different. Their culture is totally different. I need medicines. I don't know what I'm going to eat. But Pepto-Bismol to the rescue. I loaded up on all that stuff. I, and I, start, I loaded it all up. I loaded I got all. I, I, I spent about two months planning my, my preparations. I had all my bag, I mean, everything. It didn't matter. If you had a problem, I had a spray for it. <laughs> I was loaded. I was equipped. I was, I was going there with some, some things, you know. And so I get in the plane, and we fly over there. And I get off in Vishakapatnam, but my bags didn't make it. And all I had was the clothes. I was wearing clothes kind of like this, but with tennies. A white undershirt, a t-shirt on top of that, and my computer bag. That's all I had. And so they lost my luggage. And so I told the, the pastor, I said, I said, can you take me to a store so I could get some pants, and some clothes, some provision? He takes me to the market. There's people everywhere. But one thing you'll realize when you go to an area like Vashakapatnam, India, you're a giant. 
they don't eat a lot of meats because of their culture. So I was like a 5XL. And they didn't have no 5XLs. I found one pair of pants. That's all I found. I think I found one T-shirt. And I looked at them and I said, can I go to like a drugstore? I need to buy a toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant. He said, what's that? I went to the drug store, whatever it was there. I got some stuff. I couldn't find any deodorant there. It took me about an hour to realize that you don't need it. There's no air conditioning. And it's hotter there than here. You know, just going into the van. I go into the van. with. It seemed like they brought everybody to pick me up. So I go into the van, and there is this cocktail of smells in that room. <laughs> Things that you need to travel long distance just to find. Beautiful people. Loved it. And so that night, I, I, I went to the hotel, and, and the hotel, you know, I looked at the door, and there was like 10 locks on the door. No kidding. There's like 10 locks on. I'm like, what? And, and, you know, I knew it was a hotel because it said hotel, but there was nothing about that place that I would actually call a hotel. It was, it was beyond my description. And they, they said, we have a bodyguard for you. And I said, why do I need a bodyguard? But they had a bodyguard for me. And they said, yes, and he's sleeping in your room. And I look at my room, and I'm like, this is a one-person place. This is a small room. There's only one little bed here. No, he'll sleep at your feet. I'm from Texas. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus. You told me to come over here? This is my first experience. I'm thinking, I missed it. This is, this is, I missed it all. This is not of God. I'm not called to be here. I missed it. I didn't hear from God. I am leaving. I am out of this place. Now, understand, nobody speaks English. They speak Telugu. I don't even know where I'm at. If I was in trouble, I don't know who to call. And so, I had a little bit of internet and I got online, and I was going to book my flight. But in India, that has 1.2 billion people in India, the entire nation, all of the airlines went on strike. <laughs> no joke. The whole nation stopped flying. My, my flight into the city was like one of the last flights. And then they stopped all the way. All the pilots were marching in the street on strike. That's why my luggage got lost. So I couldn't buy a ticket out of there. I'm thinking, I'm trapped. I missed it. Where am I? And, you know, I'm not afraid to die, but I never felt helpless. And that night I felt helpless. I literally, when I went to bed, I shut my eyes and I shed a tear because I, I never felt helpless. 
the next day, they came. I got in the van, and they took me deeper in the jungles. And then on the side of the road was like 70 orphan children waiting for me. I got embraced with so much love. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just, it was a love that was so great beyond my expectations. I, I mean, I just fell in love with every single one of them. And they all were happy to see me. And I looked over and, and there was a, a, a tent that about 200 pastors had traveled walking from miles just to sit under that tent so that I could teach them the things of God. And so from the morning to the evening, I would just teach the word to them. In the evening time, like 2,000 people would come out of the jungles and gather, and we had this mass crusade, and we'd have signs and wonders and miracles, and thousands of people would give their life to Jesus Christ. I was so blessed. I mean, these are, these are things that I never could even imagine of ever seeing or ever being used by God in this way. But I was seeing. It was like I was walking in the Bible when I would see these people. So many miracles. And they were so hungry for God that they would not let me leave unless I prayed for them. And I'm not talking about what you're in need. Let me pray for you. I'm talking about that they would grab, they would surround me, grabbing my hands and my arms and playing it everywhere. Thousands of them, they would not leave unless I laid hands on upon, upon them. I would not only preach and minister, but at the end of the service, I would spend about an hour and a half to two hours just laying hands on people as fast as I can. Because they wanted God so bad. I would go to the hotel room afterwards, middle of the night, and I would take off my, my clothes, and I would take off my, my undershirt, and take off my, my underwear, and they had this red bucket in the, in, the, in the bathroom. You know, I still don't know what the red bucket's for. But they all had red buckets. And I filled it up with some soap and water, and I would wash it. Because I'll be sweating all day, and there's the only thing that would be clean, so I'd wash it. And I would wring it out. I would hang it on the door. I'd wrap a towel over myself. I would get into the bed lay down, and look at my bodyguard and say, good night. <laughs> but then the next day, a village tailor showed up, started measuring me. And before the evening service, he had new clothes for me. And every day, he would provide a new shirt and new pants for me. After two days, I, I looked at the pastor. I said, pastor, this is beautiful. God is, I mean... This is wonderful. Thank you for the clothes. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for allowing me to minister here. But I said, Pastor, the only thing I'm lacking is I need new underwear. Can you take me to the village the, so that I can buy some underwear? And he would always tell me, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> he would say, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. I'm like, great. I get into the thing. I get into the, the, the van. We would take off. And instead of going into the village to get underwear, we'd go back into, you know, the, the, the jungle. And I would have a great service. Everything would be beautiful. You know, ministering, signs, wonders, miracles. Thousands of people getting saved. And then I'd go back at nighttime, tired, dirty, smelly. I take off my underwear, my undershirt, wash it in the bucket, 
hang it up, wrap myself, get into the bed, say goodnight to my friend. <laughs> the third day, I said, Pastor, what God's doing is beautiful. This is amazing. I've never seen, I, I'm so blessed to be here. But before we go into the jungle, can you take me to the market to get some underwear? He said, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> I would get into the van. Halfway driving down the street, I'm thinking, I'm not going to the market. I'm not getting underwear today. Miracles, signs of wonders, thousands of people saved, praying. I mean, literally, you give everything. And, and, and when you're not preaching, you're playing with all the orphan kids. Trust me, when you go there, every one of you, every one of you, if you ever go to that place where, where I'm telling you about, you won't want to come back. Because the love of God is just so beautiful to be, to see those children. I mean, you, you just want, you, I mean, I've been there three times. And every time I'm thinking, God, did you call me here? It's like that. And so after the third night of seeing salvations, the healings, and miracles, now understand, I'm just, you know, I'm just in awe. I go back to the hotel. I take my shower. I take, out my, I take my undershirt, my underwear. I put it in the red bucket. I start washing it. And I'm just thanking God, Lord, what you did, thank you for not allowing me to leave. Thank you for, for calling me here. Thank you. This is the greatest... This, these are the greatest moments of my life. And I heard the Lord speaking to me. He said, because you didn't trust me when I brought you here, I'm not going to get you new underwear. <laughs> and I just turned that washing my underwear and my t-shirt in that bucket as my time of worship. And it was beautiful. Hallelujah. You have to follow the word of God. No matter what, you have to just believe him and trust him. He's faithful. He's good. And this is the life that we're called to. I can understand if God is not talking and you don't know what to do. But God is talking. You just have to be willing to hear him when he speaks to you. If my life were to end right now, I've already had a full life. But I know there's so much more, so I'm here to see the greater glory that God has for us. I'm believing God, God's going to raise up many ministers from this church to go to the nations so that you too can have the experience of washing your underwear in a bucket. <laughs> Just don't call me and say, Pastor, I don't know why I'm here. Did God tell you to be there? Yes. Then why are you crying? Just do what God tells you to do. Be faithful to his voice. Know that as, he spe as he's spoken to you, he's faithful to do everything he said he'll do. He's watching over his word to perform it. And that's the life of faith. Amen? 
Halleluja.